Welcome to The Radiant Life with Tatiana. I am your host and I'm obsessed with empowering you to live and create the best life possible. I'm a master mindset coach, breathwork facilitator, and a passionate little Latina who loves sharing the magic behind your subconscious mind and energetics. If you're looking to uplevel your mindset, learn all about spirituality and manifestation, and to be inspired in making a change to embody your best self, you are in the right place. My goal is for you to see and unlock your limitless potential, to have the tools to break free from the chains holding you back so you can create and live your most radiant life. I am so excited to have you here listening today. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Radiant Life Podcast. Today's episode is kind of like a part two series off of the last episode where I shared my own personal experience on healing my gut journey and all of the health changes I made that have completely improved my life. I love sharing you know, my experiences, my background, my understanding through my own eyes, and I always want to bring the experts in the field. So I had the privilege to bring on Krista Morton, who is my holistic integrative health practitioner here to share with you not only her story, but her advice and her background and expertise in this field so that you can make changes into your life to live your most holistic life. So today in the episode, we're talking all things health mind, body, spirit, and she shares how it all really integrates and correlates within each other. Krista shares her story on going from being a professional dancer to barely being able to move due to health-related issues and unanswered questions and how she overcame the struggle of not having the root cause answers from her doctors and how she finally found the answers and healed from the inside out. She covers topics around symptoms, health, emotional, and mental related that you may be experiencing that honestly aren't normal and sharing some possible root causes to empower you to finding some more answers and making changes and that these symptoms are unfortunately being sweeped under the rug in the industry. She shares scientific understanding behind it and ways to heal your gut, what foods to avoid, what the harm it's causing to your body and some food swaps to do instead. So you can be living your most optimal life. Not going to lie. This episode is a lot. The beginning is a little bit more sciencey background on her story, on her experience, on what she does now with clients. And then it does transition into more practical information, tips, and tools to apply into your life, whether it's health, emotional, mental exercises, we are covering it all. We really want to empower you and educate you so that you can live your most balanced, holistic life. I recommend maybe taking some notes. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of advice and we don't want it to overwhelm you. It's here to help educate you and give you a direction. And by taking notes, it may help you be able to understand where you're at and what small changes you can make one step at a time. This is a lifelong journey that I am on here with you guys. I shared it in the last episode and I'm speaking from experience. Don't try to apply everything that we say today in today's episode all at once. So take the notes, make small changes, and I hope this is everything that you needed into learning more about healing your gut, overcoming symptoms, and so much more. Okay, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Radiant Life Podcast. We have someone super special on today who I know many of you have been wanting to hear more information on. I know I talked about my gut healing journey, and 
we have my personal practitioner who helped me along my journey with answering so many questions about my body, my health. We have Krista Morton on. She's an integrative health practitioner and yeah, she has helped me live my most healthy, optimal life so far. And I'm so excited to have you here on the show, Krista. Oh, thank you for that intro. That was so sweet. I'm so excited to be here, Tati. Me too, because I know I can only explain my journey based on my experience and honestly, the information I know, which I don't even have a sliver of knowledge compared to what you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you're reading my lab charts and all these things. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that is. Can you simplify that for me? (laughs) So I'm so excited to to really have you here sharing with everyone. So tell those listening a little bit who you are, how you got to what you're doing, what do you do? And let's start from there, sharing a little bit around your story, because I know your story is yeah, definitely. Into what, what, what you, why you do what you do. For sure, for sure. Um, so as Tati said, my name is Krista and um, I'm an integrative health practitioner. Um, really, my journey is pain to purpose. And um, I was on a really like five-year, four intense years, but five-year journey of um, getting properly diagnosed and healing from chronic illness that had built up over the course of my entire life. Um, there's so many things that go into that journey, but kind of I'll touch the main points. My background is um, a professional dancer. And so I started out having some eating disorder issues. I've struggled with anorexia, um, bulimia, and orthorexia. Mm. If you're not familiar with orthorexia, I know that's not a super common one. It's becoming more common, but Wait, which the, one is that? It's um kind of like the, uh, it's almost like OCD and an eating disorder combined where you're obsessively um, thinking about like health foods, you're cutting certain foods, like you're moralizing foods. And it's more of the mm-hmm. obsession of uh, what you're eating rather than, um, you know, compared to anorexia where you're trying to just eat very little. Oh, interesting. I don't even yeah. think I've ever heard of that term. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, kind of really sparked this this journey of like my body was stressed and, and then I had a TBI, a traumatic brain injury with a concussion. And that set off a whole cascade of symptoms, uh, that ultimately landed me in a diagnosis of chronic Lyme disease. And so I went from being a professional dancer to not even hardly being able to climb up the stairs to my apartment. And that was a huge drastic change, obviously in, um, what my, my physical symptoms were like. And, um, it, it got me really curious. So while I was kind of going through that process, I got really, really curious about functional medicine and holistic approaches to healing, because, you know, when, when I was going through the different bits and pieces of things and first had just gotten diagnosed with, um, gut issues and, um, Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune thyroid condition. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember this is, this was sort of like the, I think the turning, table for me was I landed in the hospital with a bowel impaction. This was a few years ago and, um, they did nothing for me the whole night in the, in the emergency room, except put an IV in me for like maybe some Motrin if I wanted it. Um, and didn't pump me with fluids. I was super dehydrated. Um, and they were like, well, you're going to go home and you'll take me relax and just drink a lot of water and some Gatorade. And I, mm-hmm. my job was like, excuse me, like, <laughs> Like, what do you mean? That doesn't make any sense. Well, you should probably follow up with a gastroenterologist. So when I did that, everything came back, of course, as like inconclusive or IBS, which is like such BS, but that's besides the point. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah. She basically had, she prescribed me antispasmatics. And I think that the look on my face 
said at all. And she's like, oh, you're not going to do what I tell you to do, are you? It's <laughs> like, no, I'm not. Like, why are my bowels spasming? Like, they don't just spasm for no reason. Yeah. And that really got me curious. Like, okay, there, there is a root cause to everything. And let's dive into that. So um, that got me curious. And I did ended up doing my master's in integrative health and just going down this, this journey. So when I got diagnosed with Lyme, it really pushed me into the functional medicine space, going out to a biological medicine clinic in Nashville, Tennessee, and working with a few functional medicine doctors, working for Dr. Daniel Pompa a little bit. And um, yeah, learning about different types of testing and biofeedback has been a huge game changer in in my practice Mm -hmm. and in my healing journey. Uh, That's what changed my life and finally got me to an answer. So I'm really passionate about sharing that aspect of, you know, testing instead of guessing on not only what's going on in your body, but also, um, you know, what's, what's the right protocol for you. And then how do your emotions play into that? And I know you do a lot of emotional work and, um, it's just a huge game changer. When I was healing, my doctor had told me, um, you know, limbic system work or uh, subconscious work is the last 20% to push somebody across the finish line in chronic illness. So it's a piece that a lot of practitioners are leaving out and mm-hmm. it's definitely a non-negotiable, um, for, for what I see when I work with my clients is that last little bit of, okay, let's work on, let's work on your mind. So, yeah. Yeah. Integrating all that together, just personal, uh, journey has definitely pushed me into, um, you know, going into the functional medicine and somatic healing space. I love that. Okay. I have so many questions coming up for me right now. I'm like, okay, let's start where let's start with, can you explain to them so they know what the biofeedback is and yeah. what that does, how that looks like? Absolutely. So, um, the biofeedback machine is essentially, it's a technology that has a, it's a frequency based scan. So it's a frequency library. Every organism and, and cellular state has a frequency to it. So if we want to, you know, look at something maybe common that somebody will know, like they've heard before. So like E. coli, right. Mm-hmm. E. coli infection, E. coli has a, as a specific frequency to it. Um, and a parasite has a specific frequency to it as well as, you know, healthy cell tissues. So when we have this library, we can actually run, you know, your DNA via your hair sample, which is acting like the barcode to your body against this frequency library. And it can kind of play like, you know, match. It's basically running an audit on your body. Mm-hmm. So when we run it, we can see what's going on in your body. So what's causing the imbalance, the root cause, what tissues inflamed because of it, which this, by the way, that inflammation, that pathology is usually where your conventional space will stop. And even most functional spaces will stop. It's like, okay, well, we've got to he- heal your gut because you've got candida or you've got SIBO or SIFO. Well, why? Like what's causing those inflammatory conditions, right? What bacteria are overgrown, what fungals or yeasts are overgrown. And so we need to get to the what, which we can see the what, and then finally we can see the where we can see where it is in the body, um, as specific to, I mean, I know, you know, this, it's like, we can see if there's like a parasite in your liver (laughs) bile ducts, like it's very, very specific, which is super helpful because it gives us, um, it gives us like matrix to work off of as we go throughout a healing journey of like, are these pathogens moving? Are they moving outwards into, you know, detox pathways? Are they flushing out of your system? And then, you know, we can also use um, remote applied kinesiology to test protocols. So that is the way that, you know, we do um, protocols and food sensitivities and figure out what's going to bring your body back into balance because the protocol that is right for one person mm. 
100% is not going to be the same for another person, even though there's some general, you know, general benefits to a lot of things. And a lot of clients I see have a ton of crossover. The dosages will be different. The brands might be different. Um, and the remedies might be different altogether for two of the same issues. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, and I think I'm a big, everyone knows I'm a big advocate, like figure out what works for you. Like it's not a one size fits all, like yeah. anything. And I've always kind of been that way after I started my health journey. And I just want to speak on this. Cause when I first heard this, I was like, okay, the, you know, the energy, how everything has a frequency. I know I've talked on the podcast here that, you know, quantum physics is, it's all connected, right? It's all emitting yeah. a vibration on like an atomic level. And when, when Krista first told me this, I was like, oh my God, okay. This isn't just <laughs> blood work. This is like, this is cool. Like this was cool. And I just want to share my results was it, it made sense, but it was just like, wait, what? Like, I thought it was just going to be a little bit more surface level. And the detail was mm-hmm. astonishing. And then doing the protocol and actually seeing the work and actually hearing feedback, especially my inflammation. I mean, I had someone the other day say, like, did you like not to be weird, but did you like lose weight or lean out? And I'm like, no, I was inflamed and I had no idea. <laughs> It was that bad. I thought I was healthy. And so I really wanted to say like some of this work is so big and I had friends doing it at the same time who, yeah, had parasites, but we were on different protocols and then just really honing on the importance of finding a practitioner that's going to find you with where you're at and help you there not surface level. Yeah. Um, it's a, I've never heard of anything like that before. It was so cool. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are like becoming more familiar with some sort of scan like this. Like I hear a lot of clients who, who have inquiries are like, well, I've done the Zyto scan or I've done, mm. you know, this other scan where you put or like the Dutch the test, thing. right. Or the dub done the Dutch test. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I've seen Zyto scan. I know what you're talking about. It is detailed, but it's not this detailed. And it's just a whole, it's a whole new level of detailed. <laughs> yeah. Like you're pulling hair out. You're clipping it out. You're yeah. sending it in the mail. It's so cool. I I'm probably, I'm a weirdo. I've got a collection of hair in my drawer and it's fine. <laughs> I love it. It's cool though. Um, so I want to like kind of start a little bit on how do I word this? Where people may notice, like what mm. okay. I know people who have asked me, they're like, okay, something kind of feels off, mm-hmm. but my doctor says I'm fine. We're good, right? Like, no, your test results came back normal. And I'm like, normal isn't optimal yep. and all of these things. And so I think before giving them maybe like things to look out for. Like, what's been your experience? Cause I know you said like IBS and that's a bunch of BS and all that stuff. Like what, what do you think is like this missing link within our healthcare system? I already know doctors don't go through nutrition, which is mind boggling to me. And it's just surface level. And like, how did you move through the system that wasn't giving you answers? And when you felt hopeless? Yeah, totally. Um, that's a great question. I'm going to use my own condition as an example, just because yeah. I think that's the easiest for me to explain. Um, okay. So when you go to the doctor and you feel like something's not right, what do they always do? They send you for labs, right? So we are only testing your blood. Your blood is one aspect of your body, right? Your blood is not measuring what's inside your organs. So when you go for a blood te- for, for a blood draw, you are just having a snapshot of what's going on in your body that day that you took, took the labs. So something, um, something that is maybe more of a stealth pathogen or it's dormant or it's chronic when something's chronic, it finds its way to 
burrow into tissues, right? Because it's mm-hmm. been in the body for a long time. So especially um, with, with my case with Lyme, I have been tested for Lyme like three times before I was finally diagnosed with it with nine of 10 bands in it. So it wasn't like a little bit of Lyme disease. It was like full-fledged Lyme disease. So what ended up happening um, with Lyme in particular, so Lyme is a spirochete infection. Spirochete sounds like the word spiral, right? So when Mm -hmm. Lyme enters your bloodstream, it is a round organism. So it floats around your blood within this round organism shape. When it finds a tissue that it wants to burrow into, it will actually turn itself into a corkscrew and spiral itself into that tissue. When it's burrowed, you will not see it in the blood because it's no longer traveling along the bloodstream. It's maybe burrowed. Let's take a common example in your knees. And people are like, oh, I have arthritis. I've been diagnosed with lupus or arthritis or chronic pain and chronic fatigue. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, you have an infection burrowed into one of those joints and it's not showing. So now people are being diagnosed with other autoimmune or other just chronic pain conditions. I mean, what, what does that even mean? Oh, I have chronic fatigue or I have chronic pain syndrome. What does that mean? right? Like we, why, why do you hurt all the time? Cause I'm sure you, you do hurt all the time. I've been there. And so when I finally, I reached the end of my rope, it was like a total last shine. I mean, I had done, um, I had done other types of frequency scans. I had done uh, stool tests because I'm like, okay, well, I've, I haven't done the GI map yet. Let me try that. Mm-hmm. And every single thing revealed more information, but every time I tried to kind of, okay, like reset, let me regather myself and let's do something differently this time. I did find more information. I got my hopes up. I started a new protocol. It helped for a little bit. And then I felt like I fell flat on my face again. Mm -hmm. And this is a story that I hear all too often. It's like, well, why would I work with you? Because I've tried seven other people and I still haven't gotten better. I 1000% get that feeling because there is a point where you absolutely feel hopeless. You're like, this is my last straw. So my last straw was sending uh, my DNA to a doctor in Melbourne, Florida. And um, it was a different, more comprehensive type of frequency scan. And that's how I finally found the, the Lyme disease. The Lyme was, was into, it had gotten into my neurological system. So how are you supposed to measure that, right? It's very rare unless somebody is, um, you know, maybe has like a neurological something going on, which that's a very advanced stage of Lyme where maybe somebody's having a seizure or, um, maybe in the elderly, they're experiencing dementia or something where you're actually like doing a measurement of cerebral spinal fluid or upon autopsies where they're looking at, oh, wow, this person did have spirochetes in their cerebral spinal fluid. So there is really no way for us to measure that in kind of your standard testing system, but this frequency scan had found that had picked it up in my nervous system. So I actually had something to work with. I was like, oh my gosh, I have an answer. (laughs) And I had started on the protocol that this doctor had recommended. Um, My body in particular does not really love homeopathy. This was a homeopathic approach. And I learned that quickly that homeopathy makes me herx really bad. A herx reaction is it's kind of a, um, a word specific to Lyme detox reactions, but in other words, like a detox reaction or uh, die-off symptoms, as some people like to call it, where you're starting a detox and your symptoms flare. So a lot of people get discouraged mm, in that space yeah. too, finding their, yeah. Cause it, I mean, in some regards, like you are going to have detox symptoms because there are things purging out of your organs that have been in there for maybe years. So 
you know, it's, it's not going to be fun, but it shouldn't be, you shouldn't feel like, you know, you got run over by a bus. I was at that space. I was having um, auditory hallucinations at night, um, was really, really fatigued, couldn't hardly, you know, exercise other than walking. And that pushed me to then take that step further. So it's an iteration, right? It's like many iterations. I had the answer. Now I didn't have the right solution from that same practitioner, Mm. even though um, she was absolutely incredible. And I wouldn't be where I'm at right now without her for the diagnostic aspect of it. But I ended up really thriving with um, applied kinesiology, finding the protocol. So when I went out to the clinic in Nashville, Tennessee, that's how they finally um, got me, got me where I am now, got me better, gave me, gave me my life back um, by doing biofeedback testing in, in terms of applied kinesiology. So that's using your own nervous systems response, your neurological systems response to determine, um, you know, kind of what's going on and what's going to put that back into balance. Um, and so I went through, I think eight different doctors before I got my solution and I was getting answers little by little, but it took five years of that. And I, I started out in the conventional space and worked my way into like, okay, well, this is functional medicine, but it was sort of like, um, blood work and then vitamins. It wasn't even like supplementation at first. Mm. It was vitamins. And I was like, well, you need vitamin D and you need, <laughs> I don't remember what else I was taking something else. I was like zinc or I don't know, something very generic or B complex. Cause I was dealing with depression and, um, and here, maybe some selenium for your thyroid. If you're experiencing that and you're like, well, I've done functional medicine. They've given me those types of vitamins and it didn't really work, or they've given me a digestive enzyme or whatever. There is a place for those things, but that's not dealing with the root cause. And that's why you didn't Mm -hmm. get better. So it was working through that, realizing, oh, wait, we're not actually purging out the root cause, doing some of that, but doing the wrong protocols for my body and finally landing in a space where it was like, okay, we're doing, we're doing very specific medicine to my body. And that's kind of where I landed on a solution. Yeah. It's kind of like surface level healing, like the bandaid mm-hmm. versus like, you no, know, what's the actual root. And like you, yeah. when we worked together, it wasn't just, it wasn't just treating the symptoms. It was like, no, let's get to the root cause here. Like you're, yeah. you have an infection here. You have a parasite here. You know, it's like, what? <laughs> I thought we, I thought I just had some hormone imbalances and, and you're like, no, actually like these are the things that are creating hormone imbalance, like symptoms. And so I think, I think that's, it's kind of crazy. And I, and I understand not everyone doctors and healthcare system is educated on it. Um, I hope your people listening, you know, have hope that you can find the root answer and there are practitioners out there to help you. Um, what would you say are common things that you would common symptoms for people to kind of look within themselves to be like, okay, it's not normal to feel this way or this quote, if maybe they have been, um, what's the word diagnosed with IBS or, or, um, Crohn's or I don't know, just things like that. That you are like, okay, you know, I would recommend going deeper. Some people like for me, I barely even knew I had certain things that, cause I felt naturally kind of pretty healthy until we did some work. What are some things to bring some light for those to see like, Oh, should I look into something? Should I make some changes in myself? Yeah. I would say, I think the number one most common is, um, bloating, (laughs) like gas and bloating or irregular bowel movements. And I know that, you know, let's heal the gut. It's such a trendy thing. And it's true. Like your gut is your second brain, you know, our vagus nerve connects our system there, but, um, there's, 
there's this trend going around on Instagram where, uh, especially women and and this is in no way like a cut to, uh, any type of like body acceptance movement. Cause I'm all for that. I, it's like really near and dear to my heart, but there's a trend going around that's posting your belly after you eat and how like it's super distended yeah. and it's not, that's not normal. It's something's not breaking down. Like it's, we shouldn't look like we're, you know, four months pregnant after pregnant. we eat. Like that's not, that's not normal and it's okay. It doesn't mean, you know, it, your worth is not any less because that happens. It's just a sign that you need to get your, your gut healthy. So that's something that I see a lot is like, okay, well I bloat no matter what, no matter what I eat, I'm bloating. That's an issue. <laughs> Yeah. Um, whether it's just distension or it's also painful bloating. Um, the other thing I see is hormone imbalance. This can be, um, heavy periods, painful periods, irregular cycles, um, acne, low libido, um, breast tenderness, anything when that's, you know, that's for the ladies. And then some of them, I guess, crosses over, you know, to, to the men out there. And, and so we need to look at, at those types of things, skin conditions, acne, eczema, psoriasis, rosacea, um, that's not normal. There's something going on there. Um, what else? What else? Oh, headaches, like headaches and fatigue, like afternoon energy drop yes. or like waking up and not feeling great. Not super normal. Poor sleep, not normal. Even like snoring. Snoring's not normal. <laughs> like something's going on with snoring. Or if you are prone to like, well, every winter I get the flu or every so often I get strep throat and that's just my Achilles heel. I just get mm. those things. Mm, no, there's something going on that's kind of predisposing you. Asthma, that's something. Um, oh, I didn't even know about that one. Okay. It's huge. Yeah. I used to have to use like a fast acting inhaler all the time. I haven't used it in like four years. Um, because it was just all, it was all infections. Mm. A lot of times mold toxicity will be underneath that or some kind of viral overload in the respiratory system. That's chronic. Um, the other things, so like diagnoses that need to go deeper, um, a lot of autoimmune conditions. So lupus, arthritis, Mm -hmm. Um, what else, what else, any type of like hypo or hyper hyperthyroidism, if you've got Hashimoto's or Graves disease, you know, autoimmune conditions tend to come in threes and there's usually a common pathogen that is causing that autoimmunity. So let's, let's take thyroid conditions, for example, and those antibodies, right? If you've got Hashimoto's or Graves, you've got antibodies, which we all know like the most common thing in autoimmune, the phrase that comes with it is the body's attacking itself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The body's not attacking itself. The body's attacking something that's in that tissue. So the thyroid gland, uh, a very, very common thing that I see in thyroid cases when I actually take a look and I, I'm like, okay, yeah, you do have symptoms. Your T3 maybe is a little low in your labs. Uh, I see your antibodies are up and I pull up their stuff. I often see Epstein-Barr virus in the thyroid tissue. And so the body, the immune system is going after the Epstein-Barr. It's not trying to destroy your thyroid. <laughs> it's trying to get Epstein-Barr virus or mold toxicity or cytomegalovirus out of the thyroid. And as a byproduct, it's damaging your tissue. So, um, that's something that's like a really common example that I see with, with autoimmune conditions. Is there something else going on? Your body's not really attacking itself. It's attacking something that's hiding. Um, So I would say that those are kind of some of the most common, uh, the other one, PCOS and IBS. Those are like two Mm. big ones. I have everybody that comes in. (laughs) Yeah. People just identify. I just have PCOS or I just have IBS or like, Yeah. Yeah. And then we identify with it. 
I want to get back to the gut in a second here because I know some people have questions. I, I would love to just hear what your input is because, you know, some of my background with the subconscious mind work and trauma work, they say about like 80% of um, diseases and, and, and immune diseases and all these things are, I always mess this word up, psycho. Psychosomatic. Yeah. Like, you know, it's in the mind essentially or trauma, you know, what, what's your take on the amount, the percentage of that for your, your experience and client experience versus like actual physical. Cause you know, when, when people get the diagnosis and they'll identify with it and they're like, no, I just have Hashimoto's or I just have this and it's not curable because the doctor told me it wasn't curable. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, what's your take on that? Yeah. That there's a lot to that, but I think, I think the first thing is I, I personally uh, I personally believe that anytime there is on the mental emotional side of things, anytime there is some kind of a diagnosis, whether it's like anxiety, depression, um, OCD, ADHD, um, bipolar, anything like that, there's always a neurotoxin accompanying that. Mm. So, um, I see that a lot. I see, I see Lyme a lot in the nervous system of clients who just come in and they're like, well, I have anxiety or I've got depression or I've got this. That doesn't mean that like solving that neuro or neurotoxin is the only thing we need to do. Like there is a neural pathway that mm-hmm. needs to be worked on through mindset work, like the work that you do with clients. And, um, I use parts of memory and different things with mm. my clients to recorrect that. Sorry, there's some kind of banging going on. No, no, you're good. <laughs> um, but, um, that's the first thing is I always think that there is a hidden pathogen. Yeah. So I should add that to the list of things that are common too, is like anxiety, depression, low energy, all those things. Um, the second thing is there is always an attachment. There's a subconscious attachment to identifying with an, an illness or a diagnosis. We like to, we, we like to identify with things, right? Like that makes us feel like we know who we are better. It makes mm-hmm. us feel a little bit more grounded. And, um, when we have to get used to, or adapt to, um, well, I have a thyroid condition or I have Lyme disease, or I have IBS we now identify where I have anxiety. We identify with that thing. And we've probably, no matter what, and this is, this is like a really, like, I want to hold this super gently, but there's always an ego payoff to yeah. on to something, right? Like mm-hmm. what are you receiving, um, mm-hmm. as a benefit to identifying with that thing? And I know I'll share, I'll share my own example again, so that we don't sound like we're being insensitive, but I had to really explore that as I was, getting better because there was actually grief that happened when I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm not going to be sick anymore. And I was like, Oh, Mm. whoa, like this is really heavy. And I had to explore like, why am I grieving? Why am I grieving this? And for me, I had learned, I had watched my mom be a caretaker to my grandparents growing up, um, before, uh, both of them passed away. And so I learned that the sick one gets mom's attention. Mm, was my ego payoff for holding on to the identity or really grieving my illness was like, Oh my gosh, is, am I going to get moms? And I have a super amazing mom. That's like, no, like my mom would love me no matter what was going on in my life. But that was my subconscious inner child ego payoff was if I am not sick, I might not get mom's attention. So I always think that there's an ego payoff. Um, which is why the somatic work is absolutely essential because your brain forms neuropathways around that. And it learns that the familiar is safe. Mm -hmm. So, um, even if the familiar is not optimal and a really common way of seeing that in life in general is like that friend who keeps getting into a toxic relationship 
it's like, well, it's familiar to them and you Mm -hmm. can see it's not the best, but it's familiar. And they go back to it and your brain will do that with your symptoms. It will create sometimes symptoms, um, to, you know, to feel that familiarity and, and that can happen even post post elimination of the root cause. Yeah, I hear that. And, 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 I, and like you said, I, I, we, I want listeners hearing this, like we do come from an embodied place from this. Like we, we speak on this because we both had our own gains. Like when I was struggling with anxiety and depression, well, there was one part I'll talk in a second here of like the foods I was eating, right. That were playing a role in that. Mm-hmm. And also I was gaining attention from people mm-hmm. like, yep. and that's not like, that's not what was, um, where I, what I was consciously thinking, like, oh my God, let's have anxiety to the point where I have to go to the hospital to get x-rays in my chest because I feel like my chest, no, it literally was just yeah. constant anxiety, but deep down there was inner child wounds mm-hmm. that that was kind of keeping me, um, being the child to get some, I think yeah, a validation and comfort information. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just, it's just taking a, a deeper look at these things. And if you're listening mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, okay, am I manifesting this? Because is there an actual gain? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, this is where maybe hiring a coach, a counselor, a therapist, a health practitioner, Krista can kind of guide you through, you know, that, that work, because it's, I, I do believe it comes hand in hand. And then the other part of my anxiety and depression, my depression part, um, like it, it's statistics that they say about 80% of people who are depressed are hypoglycemic. And mm-hmm. at that time I was feeling my body. I don't freaking know what I was eating, like anything. <laughs> like I grew up on canola oil. I would eat McDonald's. I was drinking alcohol all the time. And even inserting that food in my body was just making me feel more crappier in, like from the inside out really. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I just want to share that. Cause it's not that we're telling you like you're, you're gaining something from it, but like, yeah. it's something that you're consciously unaware about. It could be. Absolutely. Yeah. In no way is that, is that kind of rabbit hole saying you're making anything up in your head? Cause absolutely you're not. Oh, like, you're yeah. Totally not making anything <laughs> up in your head. There's always a reason why, but it's, it's both. It is like Tati was just saying, like, it is the foods that you're eating. It is the pathogen underneath and it is the mindset work. And so it all has to come together, which is why sometimes you will be unsuccessful if you are um, only seeing a therapist and not addressing your gut, you're only seeing a gastroenterologist or a nutritionist and you're not seeing a therapist, a coach, a consultant, et cetera. Mm -hmm. They have to go hand in hand. And so if you are going to kind of compartmentalize, you've got to like, this, this is, I just, I don't know. I thought a funny way to say this, but you've kind of got to work the system then. Like you've got to work the system and go around to different people. Yeah. And if you're not going to find an all-in-one, like, and, and that's the problem with um, specialists, which is what a uh, really, uh, really, really wise functional medicine doctor taught me was if you're going to the specialist, like you're, you're missing, you're missing things. The greater scope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you like, and I get that question a lot of like, what's your niche? I'm like, I don't really have mm. a niche. My niche is, I don't know what's wrong with me. And I feel like crap. Like, <laughs> that's like give me the answers. Be, exactly. Like we need to address the whole body, the mind, body, spirit, all the things together. And so if, you know, if you, you're not working with all of those components in some way, shape or form, then you are missing pieces and you might be hitting roadblocks because of that. Yeah. And I, and I just want to share that. That's not to say like, to go find someone who who's a jack of all trades and has it all together. I mean, like that that I've referred clients and people to Krista because I'm like, yo, I don't do <laughs> that work. I can do the mindset, the belief, the trauma work, mm-hmm. and here's yep. someone that can support you even further with some of the actual um scientific like 
physical body work. Right. Yes. And, and so it's learning that some people, you know, ask about their network. How can I do that? And, mm-hmm. um, it, it is a holistic approach. It's a mind, body, spirit. I love how you're just saying that it's all three. And yeah. Yeah. It's all about building your team, like build your, build your team behind yeah. you. You gotta get a team. <laughs> yeah. And, and I say this because I thought I was good. I was like, I'm a high energy person, like yada, yada. But then like, it wasn't until I was getting one physical symptom that I was like, okay, some, something's underlying, like enough for me to ask for help. Because honestly, like I don't go to checkups. I, yeah, I refrain going to the system because they would always just not give me answers to certain things or push medicine. And I was, people know, listening to the story, like I'm finally off of all pills, birth control, Adderall, anxiety, depression, like been on it. I'm done. Um, and it kind of, um, hindered my reaching out to getting a little bit more support sooner than I needed. Mm-hmm. And after doing the protocol with you, Krista, like I was like, Oh fuck. Like I didn't realize <laughs> I could feel this, this yeah. good, this energized, this vibrant. Like, and I'm, I already felt like a great person, but like, mm-hmm. it felt that much more energy. And yeah. especially with the inflammation, I was like, Holy wow. Okay. So yeah. just, you know, I just want to share that part of my story too. Cause it is, there is answers out there and there's people to support you. And, um, just because you feel good doesn't mean you can't live, you can't reach a better state, I guess is what the, yeah. what I'm trying to get at. Well, yeah, I think that a lot of people don't realize that they're not optimal. And yeah, it was almost like, I mean, for you, just like watching your transformation, you came to me with some hormone symptoms yeah. that were trying to come up and there, there was just, I feel like it, there just was benefit that you didn't even come in with the intention of obtaining and it was beautiful to watch like look at as a byproduct of like getting rid of all these things that are causing hormone imbalance the body is just getting getting healthier naturally and it's that's a thing like especially especially to a lot of people out there I think who are like stuck in some sort of cycle of like well health is I eat well and I go to the gym and if I'm not obtaining my goals and I'm not doing enough of those things. Yeah. I think that's a really big roadblock for people because you could be you could be doing all the right things nutritionally, you could be working out multiple times a week, lifting heavy things, doing whatever it is that you do to move your body and you can hit a roadblock where you know your body's not optimal and there's some kind of inflammation mm-hmm. going on where you just get yourself in the right protocol and all the inflammation is going to fall off and all the things that you think that you're not working hard enough for, (laughs) you actually need to do less and do something different, not and stress your body out more and drive your cortisol up. Yeah. Especially for us women, like, yeah, to really learn now I'm working through more of like cycle syncing and hormone. Like I was lifting weights like a man for so many years and I've had a really big resistance with that and I'm learning why now behind it. Um, Mm -hmm. but like you said, Oh no, I just thought went away. Shoot. Like, um, Oh, that's what got me into doing the work I do. Cause I was working with clients with, you know, nutrition and, and working out and then luckily it was just a gift that I was working on more mindset and what's the root cause. And I was like, okay, it doesn't matter how much you're working out or how healthy you're eating. There's something deeper. And that's what got me into this work. Um, and I I would love to transition into this part where I don't think people are realizing the, like, yes, they're realizing. And I feel like it's really overwhelming Mm -hmm. the quality of foods, because even when I was a health coach, I was first focusing macro only. So it's like, oh, cool. Here's this hundred calorie bar, but then what the hell are the chemicals in it? Right. And I came from that bodybuilding world, the eat 
this certain amount of calories were now my, I be, thank God for my friend group down here who was like, Tati, like, please stop consuming yeah. that because it has these ingredients. And mm-hmm. to be honest, it took me years to listen to them. Cause I was like, yeah. it wasn't, um, and just shedding light. Like you said, like the bloating's not normal. The cramping isn't normal. The, the fatigue, these aren't normal. And this is really stemming from our day-to-day foods where you may think you're eating healthy. Uh, mm-hmm. and unfortunately it's not as healthy as you think. So I would love to like kind of focus yeah. it on that. If you want to shed light onto like your experience where to start. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you are just kind of looking to, I would say, if you're like, kind of like I just want to clean things up a little bit, like I want to, maybe I'm not eating the best. I'm maybe eating out a lot and I eat a lot of packaged things or uh, a lot of quick things on the go. Um, there's a couple of places to start, right? Like two biggies, I think for people are gluten and dairy. These are very common triggers. Um, mm. not, not always will you be aware that you are sensitive to these things until you cut them out for at least four <laughs> to six weeks <laughs> and yeah. then you put them back in and see what happens. Um, because when you actually, when you're at a high level of inflammation, just a little bit higher, you don't really feel the difference. When you drop that inflammation by taking inflammatory foods out of your body, your inflammation drops to a lower level. And then when you have that inflammatory food again, now you feel this spike because there's more of a, a, a range, like there's more range to, to have, um, in your body to experience that spike of inflammation as to, you know, in comparison to when you were just at that high level and it went just a little bit higher. So that's why sometimes you don't notice that you're sensitive to things. Um, that's not to say that, you know, if, if you're like, whoa, I can't do that. Like I need my bread. I need my milk. Great. Have some Ezekiel bread, have some sprouted, uh, wheat bread, or do some simple needs, uh, mm-hmm. free sourdough bread or do sourdough bread in general. Like I, that's a kick that's going around. Make some sourdough, yeah. um, get raw milk, get raw cheese, get, you know, a two yogurt, something like that. That's organic, get high quality dairy products. If you're nervous about transitioning. Some other really common triggers, um, I think feel like number three, uh, seed oils. Seed oh my goodness. Are yes. A nightmare. <laughs> they're so horrible. They're in everything. Um, that your seed oils, there's so many of them, but really common ones will be canola, sunflower, safflower, um, cotton seed, soybean, peanut. These are going to drive up your inflammation and they actually really disrupt the function of your cell. So your cell has, um, an inner and outer layer and they, membranes, they're supposed to be able to breathe and be permeable, letting nutrients in and toxins out. When you have high inflammation in your body and seed oils, drive them up, drive that inflammation up really, really significantly. Then those membranes get really congested. They can't breathe anymore. And then toxins can't get out and nutrients can't get in. So then you end up tired, inflamed, and you feel as though you're malnourished, even though you're eating a wide array of nutrients you know, like, well, I take my vitamins and I eat all my green stuff and I drink green juice and all these things. Why do I feel like crap? It's not getting into your cell. <laughs> yeah. And, um, seed oils can be a really big culprit of not only that, but also blood sugar dysregulation. Mm, yeah. And, and I just want to share this. I haven't even shared this with Krista. She's yeah. hits for the first time. Um, so I've been working with Krista for the last three to four months and I've been intentional about what I'm eating and the protocol in the last two and a half, three weeks I've been traveling and, I could have prepared a little bit more. And because of that, I have noticed I can, because I know what it feels like not to be as inflamed. I'm like, oh my 
God, no, like really? I, I feel a little more inflamed coming on. And so um, I was going to tell you that after this, because I was like, shoot, like, no. And I, I know it's not like I can go back to where I was, mm-hmm. but it's true. Like once you really notice the shifts within your body and you're not feeling as bloated or as inflamed, you really do notice that. And I, mm-hmm. I came to Kristen, and I was like, I'm not sensitive to gluten. Like, cause I have friends who genuinely get sick to gluten and dairy. And that doesn't mean I don't have somewhat of an intolerance. And especially if for those of you listening in America, our food industry yeah, quality totally. is shit. Like, yeah. I'm gonna just put it there. I worked for a food company, so I feel like I have the right to say that. <laughs> I was behind the scenes on hearing a lot of things of what they were doing and mm-hmm. the marketing behind it. Um, so even if you you know you want to be like, no, I'm good, and that doesn't mean you can't live more optimally. Like people who are really gluten sensitive in America, they'll go to Europe, Italy, Spain, and they'll have pasta and bread, and they don't aren't having symptoms or not as severe because it's totally different. Um, but yeah, I've been like experiencing that this last week. I'm also, it's also the time of the month. So the blow is a little bit there, but it really opened my eyes to the work we were doing. And I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. okay. Prepare more, a little bit more when I'm traveling. Yeah. Cause I probably was consuming some more things. I think it was more the seed oils, um, that I, they, those are the, I will say the hardest for me Mm because they're in I'm in the grocery store now and I'm like, what the fuck? This has some floor. (laughs) I liked this protein bar. It said it was clean. It's paleo too. That's why is there sunflower oil in it? And 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 you I I'm the type of person where I'm like, okay, organic. And I look at the organic ingredient list and I'm like, why do they put canola oil in the and it's right? You just ruined the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. So for those listening, like it, you're not alone. Um, Mm -hmm. but I just wanted to share that because I'm going through this with you guys. Like I'm 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 not at a level where I'm uh, eating everything organic or, or just like knowing my go-to brands yet. Cause it is a little overwhelming, but I love how you broke it down. Really the gluten, the dairy, I do uh, oat milk, almond milk. Um, I've now learned, I have to look at the ingredients cause then they have gums or all these additives. I'm hopefully getting for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. I'm asking for Christmas, a nut milk maker so I can just make oh. my own milk. Yeah. Um, and, and the seed oils. And there's a lot of inflammation around that. And I know Dr. Mark Hyman, he's the one, he was at Tony Robbins actually speaking mm-hmm. on this. And I love that because we're, we're bringing more awareness to yeah. the food industry that we have. Um, what about like quality of food? So mm-hmm. this is something I was uneducated until I read his book and my friends, you know, when it comes to either eggs or meat, especially, or because people are like, well, I eat protein and veggies and sweet potatoes and rice. Like that's a clean diet. Mm-hmm. and there's some more like what are some things you would recommend or have them look out for when it comes to those those foods yeah um well definitely quality matters so if you are like well I already eat gluten and dairy free and you know whatever I'm, I do you know very clean eating I hit my macros all these things well if you are doing conventional meats you are getting pumped with hormones um, if you are doing conventional produce, you're getting pumped with chemicals. So a lot of times, even I'll see in conventional produce, I will see, can um, you just one second, what do you mean yeah. by conventional? Anything that's not organic. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure that's yeah, for sure. So anything that's not organic, um, have you ever had an, a non-organic apple and you're like, why is it? Why is there like wax on it? Right. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Your organic apple is not really going to have wax on it. So if you've had conventional produce, a lot of times I see people coming in through my doors with um, salmonella in their mm. body. And it's, it's been from uh, conventional produce. 
and um, you know, I'll see hormone imbalances and they've got some, you know, meat issues that's going on because they're eating conventional meat. And so I think that, you know, if you are eating animal proteins, making sure that your um your meats are grass-fed, grass-finished, your fish is wild caught, your eggs are organic, cage-free eggs. Um, that's really important. And then I mean, honestly, you know, getting as much as you can organic in your produce is optimal, but that's not achievable for everyone, right? Like yeah. we need to watch and allocate, you know, our resources in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I would say to that, um, pay attention to if something has like a, a peel on it. So like, if you're mm-hmm. having like a banana or an orange, um, or an avocado, that's a little bit less chemically than if yeah. you're going to eat a strawberry that's conventional. Mm-hmm. So pay attention to like, if something's got a peel or a skin on it, if you're not going to eat that peeler skin, then that might be somewhere you can save a little bit on, on your, or, you know, conventional, you can buy conventional as opposed to organic, but you know, everything organic is optimal, but that's not reality for everybody. So yeah, yeah getting something with uh, appeal that's conventional is definitely safer than doing, you know, like an apple that you're going to eat the skin or a berry that you're going to eat the skin off. Yeah. And that's what, that, that's what I started doing. And I still do, you know, I mean, I get it everywhere and where they're at financially. I mean, you go to whole foods and you'll <laughs> some, you yeah. see some of the prices and you're like, Oh my God, I have to literally spend this much money to eat healthy when it, you know, you don't yeah. have to in other areas of the world based on Absolutely. my experience. Um, and yeah, I love what you said, like kind of, I don't, the, you know, the hard shells. And when it comes to the meats, I, you know, I notice our chicken breasts aren't supposed to be that big. And I don't really want people no. to think of that. Like yeah. when I started really actually thinking about it, I was like, Oh, and, and the eggs, once I started eating, um, pasture raised, like cage-free eggs, they're orange. They're not yellow. Like you, yeah. you see the difference. You can feel the difference. And I'm telling you, once you go, you do not go back. No, like I, I can't. Yeah. And it's so cool. Cause when I go to Uruguay, everything is so fresh. I mean, mm-hmm. things rot so much sooner because they're not sprayed with right. preservatives and pesticides, yeah. but even the eggs, like it's just so fresh and mm-hmm. um, just sharing, you know, those, those are ways how you can physically see the difference. Yeah. And when you were saying that, it's funny because growing up, I grew into a food allergy mm-hmm. of fruit. Yep. And it's funny because now they're like, oh, but when it's cooked, you're okay. Like apples, apricots. And I, I'm, it, I wasn't allergic to fruit. Now I'm thinking of it. It was definitely what was sprayed on it. And, and I remember a doctor even saying something like that, but I wasn't, I was a child. I'm like, yeah, no, that's normal. Like, no, that's sensitivity. So my body was literally probably telling me, no, you're, it's, this is yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Fine. Yeah. You can see pesticide residues. Yeah. I see that all over the scans all the time. And, um, you know, even like other, I feel like health foods that we have to watch out for. Cause the thing is, is again, it's so bio-individual you could say like, well, what's the healthiest diet to eat? Well, I don't know what's going on in your body, right? Like, mm-hmm. are you feeding what's, are you feeding your gut bugs? <laughs> are your gut bugs, you know, driving your cravings or do you really actually need a nutrient. That's a really common thing. I think that happens. It's like, well, I crave chocolate, so I must need magnesium or I crave this. And it's like, listen, to- <laughs> that's me. <laughs> it's like, listen to your body. Well, yeah, listen to your body, but also like, listen to your body. What, what's your body asking for? And why is it asking for that? Is it because it's deficient or if you're craving sugar all the time, 
is there a parasite in your pancreas? Like what's going on? Or if you are having symptoms, you feel fatigued and all you do is eat like chicken breast, rice, and broccoli. Mm-hmm. Or do you have a mold sensitivity and the rice is setting you off? Cause grains are super full of mycotoxins. Unfortunately, the growing conditions are not that good. And so a lot of people can get away with like an organic white rice or a jasmine rice or something, but a lot of people can't. Um, oats are a huge culprit for symptoms for a lot of people. So even glyphosate, right? Is, isn't that absolutely. what goes? Yeah. Yep. It's just like covered in it. So, um, you know, not only do you have that chemical, but you also have moldy conditions that it's grown in. And so you do have some, some mold toxicity in your body, which is another huge culprit to hormone imbalance, uh, hormonal imbalance presentation. Like when I have somebody that's like, Oh, my hormones are off. Like, let's find the molds in your body. Yeah. Not always, but sometimes. And a lot of times, even health foods will have a, you know, kind of contraindication to whatever's going on in the body. So it's all about you and what is going on. Where you're at. Yeah. Cause when we did our testing, you told me I had a little bit of mold and I was like, what, what are you talking yeah. about? And I, and you educated me and, and, you know, I have heard this from my friend, Lauren, but you, you educated me even more on like even coffee, like mm-hmm. And so that I'm now, I'm like, nope, good quality coffee. Cause I value my coffee. I love, I drink coffee for the taste, not the caffeine, but I'm like, okay, I may as well, if I'm going to drink it, let me get a non. Mycotoxin free. Uh, Got to look yeah. for mycotoxin free coffees. Yeah. Which, um, the dark, is it dark horse? Is that the brand I use? Is that what it is? Um, kicking horse is one of them. Oh, Purity coffee, coffee and Keon coffee is really good. Yeah. I've done the Keon and the mm-hmm. kicking horse that you recommended. So those Keon are good. For- so yum. Yeah. For those of you who want to just go search now, like those are good coffees. Mm-hmm. So just because I know we just spitted spats, we just ran a lot of information. Yeah. So I get you guys are like, okay, holy shit. I don't even eat organic because I think it's a joke because that's what I used to think. You know, I thought that was for, um, I'll just say it because of the way I was raised. My parents were immigrants. You know, I thought it was for just very wealthy, um, bougie people who were making uh something out of nothing but now I'm like oh no there's actually a reason why something is organic I just thought it was labeled something different and I was just uneducated yeah. um so what would you say are like the top three to five like focus on either this or do this shift that people can kind of like absorb right now yeah. to take like the minimal baby steps into improving their health because I think we already covered bloat's not normal inflammation's not normal anxiety, like all these things aren't normal. So hopefully maybe like these three to five things can help with some symptoms of that. Okay. For sure. Uh, I want to break it into two categories so that they can like keep it simple. Okay. Physical digestion and then emotional digestion and what habits go into these types of digestions, right? So physical digestion, what can we do there? We could, if you are eating a lot of processed stuff, you could focus on crowding out by just doing more, more whole foods, whether you really enjoy like, you know, a big plate of veggies with some protein, or you are like, I really love protein and fat. And I want to do a little bit heavier on that side of things. However, you enjoy whole foods. Don't worry about, oh, I should, you know, do this trendy diet, or I'm now I'm going to go totally paleo, or I'm going to go AIP or anything like that. Don't swing uh, in the total opposite direction. It won't be sustainable for you. So just focus on crowding out the packaged foods with getting more whole foods on your plate. That's a great way to start. Take out the inflammatory foods if you can. So minimize gluten, dairy, cane sugar, seed oils. Cane sugar is a big one too. We didn't really touch. I was going to say, wait, can we? Yeah. Can we talk about sugar? Can we talk about sugar really quick? 
Sorry, guys. I'll have her recap that for a second because I I meant to ask that sugar Mm -hmm. because I came to you and I was like, well, I just am a sweet tooth. I identify as a (laughs) person and I will say my Uh cravings have subsided. Um, Can you speak a little bit on that? And yeah, I have my own take on that from working in the food industry of what they put in our... Well, you know, I mean, any food that you are like, oh, I just crave it all the time. It's either got an addictive property to it like cheese is is addictive it's shown to be like just as addictive in your brain chemistry as a drug <laughs> really right? yeah it's crazy that's why when people are like I just love I love coming home cheese. from work and I love my cheese and crackers I love wow. right it's got that you get a dopamine hit from cheese um you also get the dopamine hit from other foods right but um sugar is one of them a sugar craving if you're like, well, I always just need to follow my meal with a piece of chocolate or I need something sweet. <laughs> I'm in there too. Like Guilty. I'm totally a sweet tooth myself, but, um, that is definitely a sign of one dysregulated blood sugar. And two, you know, you might have, if you, if you have a pulse, you have a parasite. So you might have a parasite that's causing an issue there. Uh, a lot of times I'll see at pancreatic parasites in those cases where there's something working its way out and the body's trying to go after it. The pancreas tissue is being compromised. I even had a case where, um, a gal came in and she's like, well, I've had uh, diabetes since the age of four. And I'm like, four, you're four years old. You have diabetes. Like what's going on. And I started asking her deeper questions and I'm like, okay, she has sugar craving. She's got diabetes. She's got this. And then I was like, okay, where did you go? Did you go outside of the country before the age of four? She's like, oh yeah. When I was three and a half, I went to Mexico. And sure enough, we did our testing and she's got a parasite in the pancreas. So I can see like, and through the questions and just asking him really playing detective, I knew, you know, obviously like sugar cravings are going to come in tandem with a blood sugar balance and diabetes, but why? And so for her, the parasite was underneath of that. That's not the only thing that sugar can feed. Sugar Mm -hmm. feeds all sorts of of pathogens, your body, bacteria overgrowth. That's no good with sugar, right? So if you're like, oh, I know I have candida in my gut not good to have all the sugar. Um, and it doesn't have to be a forever thing because you want to get your body to an adaptable place where you can enjoy treats every once mm-hmm. in a while and not feel huge fluctuations, huge impacts, but, um, that you can enjoy those things and maybe replace them with naturally sweet things. Like maybe you use, um, date sugar, coconut mm-hmm. sugar instead, or raw honey, maple syrup, um, stevia once in a while. Like these are things that you can kind of swap in if you're, coming off of sugar. Like I know a really good chocolate brand that a lot of my clients enjoy are the, um, uh, HU, the human. Oh yeah. So brands. Good. Yeah. Sweetened with coconut sugar. It's got, it's cacao instead of cocoa. So really good. It's stuff. fair trade. It is. Yep. So it's awesome. Um, but sugar feeds a ton of stuff. And if you, especially, I think for my clients who have, um, like mental, emotional symptoms, neurotoxicity symptoms, mm-hmm. or like I've got anxiety, I've got depression. Let's cut the sugar out and stop feeding those, those neuro inflammatory yeah. symptoms. Yeah. And that was me because I had, I had a parasite and I, and don't be scared if you do a parasite cleanse. I feel like there's a lot of fear around it. And I was like, yeah. no, this is so cool. I'm getting the shit out of me. Like no totally. pun intended, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I have that all the time. It's like, well, am I going to see them come out? I'm like, well, ideally, yes. Like we, we you want, want to, to right? And then I'll get them. This is probably TMI, but dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, it's not TMI. We have to talk about it. They're supposed to come out of your body. It's not scary. They're not alive and swimming around. They don't have a head. 
but they yeah. do need to come out of you. And so if we're not seeing them come out, like we need to address what's going on. We need to do a little more. Yeah. yeah and I just want to add with the sugar intake, cause this is something, uh, based on like how I used to eat was I was like, okay, well, uh, things with artificial sweeteners or natural flavors or aspartame, like all of these, uh, fake or, yeah. sugar labeled things, your gut doesn't even know how to process that. Like it's just more shit to avoid dyes. Um, and so I just wanted to say that because I would do like zero calorie things, but then they would be infused with, yep. you may as well have real organic, healthy sugar than the chemicals that they're making. Um, at least that's in my opinion, but no, absolutely. I mean, I'd rather somebody do like raw cane sugar than like erythritol and aspartame, like (laughs) give your body something that it actually knows like what it is instead of this foreign chemical. Yeah. But once you make the switch, like give yourself an, as in detoxing anything, like you're going to have a period of withdrawal. And so give yourself, um, you know, a week or two of a high protein, high fat diet, lower on the carbs, um, purge those cravings. Cause if you balance your blood sugar, it's going to help curb them and then bring in natural sweeteners. Mm-hmm. Start with, you know, start with fruits. If you're reintroducing, do your, um, do your date syrup or blackstrap molasses is actually really pretty yeah, good. Got some benefits to it. So, you know, if you're like, well, I always like put a little something in my smoothie or my, my, um, like dole smoothie maker has cane sugar in with the fruit. Okay. We'll just pop a date or two into your smoothie with your organic blueberries. And I promise it's going to be delicious and it's going to be sweet. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. And it's really looking at the labels of things. I mean, I just speak on this because I was in the food industry and I was told, uh, don't tell consumers how much sugar. Cause I was like, what's those trucks? Those, those, you know, those trucks, the 18 wheelers that look like there's gas in it. They use the same trucks for sugar, like the same truck that's gas. That's probably sugar. So just think, that way and and mm-hmm. or the zero calorie things because I know it's a trend and it's like really just allowing yourself to not be um manipulated by the marketers honestly is really what they're so doing good. yeah it, it really is what they're doing mm-hmm. um and they, they may not know the the harm they're causing as yeah. that worker in the industry but mm-hmm. it's what's happening I mean look at kids food like that's a huge example of this like look at kids like cereal or protein bars or like these little like big bar snacks that kids eat that are even like labeled as like, Oh, this is healthy or it's organic and it's pumped with sugar. So you're yeah. your kids like, well, I need another snack. I need another snack. Of course they need another snack. They're craving sugar. They're craving <laughs> sugar. I heard yeah. a study that, um, kids from the age, like say they're four or five consume more sugar in their four to five years than their grandparents or great grandparents in their entire lifetime. It's, and, it's and crazy. that was, that was my breaking point. Um, well, there's other reasons to it. That was one of my breaking points was hearing the company I was working for, um, uh, promote to moms that this is a great source mm-hmm. of snack for their daily serving of fruit. Yeah. But then you look on the back of the label and you see how much they're infusing it with sugar. And I was like, Nope, tap out. This is so wrong. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really being mindful. So, okay. I know we just like broke off. You were giving tips, yeah. the two things. And then I was oh, like, Oh wait, okay. sugar is a big one. <laughs> um, so breaking it down, you said physical and emotional, Sure. Yeah. So, you know, to kind of tie a bow on the physical digestion side, take out your inflammatory foods, crowd out with whole foods. Um, if you are just getting started doing some sort of digestive enzyme or making sure you have some prebiotic fiber can be really good. Um, I personally don't recommend running off and going to get a probiotic for yourself because you might have dysbacteriosis and you might be fueling that. So I'd focus on prebiotic fiber because your gut is going to know what to do with that and turn it into the correct probiotic strains for where your gut's at. 
in mm. the world of microbiome. So if you're not really sure where you're at in your gut health, I wouldn't run off and go get a probiotic to take every day. Um, we need to clear the terrain first. So go get a digestive enzyme and help the breakdown of your food. Maybe you do like a whole food enzyme. That's a whole food blend or it's like a papaya. Um, or, you know, if you have a hard time breaking down proteins, maybe doing a little bit of um, HCL to help your stomach acid. So those would be some things I, I do as well as eating mindfully, chewing your food well, and getting, you know, a nice balance of nutrients on your plate, balancing your blood sugar. It's going to be a great place to just little changes in, in, physical digestion, emotional digestion. I don't feel like we do this all the time until we hit a point where we're like emotionally constipated. And then we're like, Oh no, I need help, <laughs> I need help yeah. right now. Right. So if we kind of keep the, the digestion going, even if it's as simple as you get a journal out and you write one, two, three, and the prompt is I feel, and you just explore, mm -hmm. maybe you're like, I'm bored, I'm hungry and I'm tired, or I'm happy. And, um, I'm excited and I'm nervous. Like just write those three things. And if you want to stop there, stop there. If you're not really a big journal kind of person, if you want to keep going, explore the why, why do I feel frustrated right now? Why do I feel angry and start to explore those little pieces? Uh, another great tip for emotional digestion. Um, if you're an external processor, do a video diary at the end of the day, mm. process your day, just talk about your day and look at yourself in the viewfinder of the camera. Cause you're now connecting with yourself as if you were talking you know, to a friend, you can watch it back. You can delete it after doesn't matter. You're getting mm. it out of your system and you're using more of your senses. Um, so that helps to connect the conscious and then the subconscious mind, which is in your body. And you can then ride the wave of the analytical mind. If you mm -hmm. start practicing that to get more aware, like what are my triggers? What makes me feel emotionally overwhelmed? How do I feel when I eat this food? Right. If you don't connect the conscious and the subconscious, there's really not a lot of space for the analytical mind. So really mm -hmm. doing those little practices helps you get more aware to see what things make me feel really good and optimal. And maybe what are some of the things that, that don't and trigger me off either physically or mentally and emotionally. Yeah, that is so well said. And then just it's bringing the gap together. And I know I talk a lot about emotional and mindset on the podcast and it's really now I hope you guys see the the role it does play in, in other areas of your life. And just to recap big picture here, the symptoms that to look out for, I'm going to keep re referencing this one because this was me like the bloating. <laughs> no. That was so much like, and I agree the self-love thing. It's, it's sharing that. And there's a difference between self-love and feeling your body properly and mm -hmm. using the self-love movement as an excuse to not take care of your part, yourself yeah. internally. And I'm going to just say that. Cause I know that's a sting for some people. And yeah. I don't believe you're giving yourself true self-love if you're eating McDonald's every day. Like you, yeah. you got to take care of your temple. Um, totally. And it's just, it's a lack of awareness too. Yeah. But we want to bring that awareness of like, now, now that you know better for you. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> like you know I say, better, you do better. <laughs> yeah. And I, I say this in my podcast all the time. Knowledge is not power knowledge. When you execute and change and implement and embody, that's when you're powerful. That's power. So yeah. again, you can listen to this and be like, Oh my God, this is amazing. I'm going to eat organic. I'm going to be done with all these things. But if then you actually don't take the action, then this was mm -hmm. not, this did nothing for you. Right. So like, absolutely. please take a look at your symptoms, take a look at you know, how do you feel emotionally and physically? And like she said, you know, start small for me. I started with, um, being mindful. I took out artificial sweeteners and natural flavors and food dyes. And then I went from seed oils and then I tried, you know, buying organic and grass fed foods. I think I started with my eggs actually. That was my main thing. And so it, it's, 
baby steps here, you guys. It's the long game. Um, so I just wanted to recap. That's so good because you could get overwhelmed with all the things that we talked about today and be like, well, I can't make all of those changes. Yeah. Just make one change, like make one change tomorrow and maybe make a different change the next day. Yeah. Have some variety. Variety is the key to sustainability. Mm-hmm. So with the physical and the emotional digestion habits, have variety. One more thing on the emotional digestion that pops in my brain right after we, we wrapped up that segment was, um, to do a right brain activity, because this can mm. be a really, really great way to keep your amygdala, which is the part of your brain that likes to process your trauma active and learning a new skill. It's great for your emotional processing system. So if you like music, maybe you listen to classical music or you learn how to play a new instrument or Um, you know, if you like to sing, maybe you just sing more for fun or you dance or you paint or you draw or you puzzle, whatever it is, um, or you read poetry or write poetry, have that right brain activity, um, even like building something. So if you're into like tinkering or doing like crafts or working with wood or something, all those things that are stimulating your creative right brain are really, really great for like passive emotional digestion or like, I don't really feel like getting into my feelings today, but you still need to keep that part of your mind going so that you can move forward and not numb out. That's a really, really great way to, um, boost your emotional body. A hundred percent. I just posted a reel yesterday that blew up was like the best thing I did was learning to get in tune with that, those parts of me instead of numbing myself up, which then caused more issues in my life. And yes, I love that. I love that exercise. Um, and yeah, maybe, maybe you guys listen to this and you rewind and you write notes and just be like, okay, these were their top tips. Mm-hmm. And again, take it one step at a time. Like I'm on this journey before you, with you. I, I'm not anywhere near where some of my friends are and that's okay. It's like, mm-hmm. what's the one thing you can do this grocery run. And maybe yeah. once that's natural, the next one. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, maybe you do spend more money on groceries. So where can you pull back on some other areas? Maybe don't yeah. get Starbucks and start making your coffee at home and do it for your higher best future self. That's going to thank you in the long run because it may be more money now, but it's going to save you money in the long run with health bills. Yes. 100%. Oh, awesome. Before we wrap up, do you have any other books outside of, I'm going to have you share like how they can get in touch with you, any books or resources or um, podcasts that you recommend if anyone wants to go deeper into this, this stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, If you are, getting into a healing journey or you're curious. Um, I think something that's really supportive, this is not on the physiological side of things, but a book that I think is really uh, powerful to whether you're really focusing on physical right now or mental emotional is you were never broken by Jeff Foster. Mm. Um, healing the shame that binds you by John Bradshaw. Those are two book resources. I recommend all the time to my clients. Um, if you want to podcast, you're into podcasting. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, there's just, there's so many good concepts. I think, I think good, like kind of bite-sized beginner place to start with a podcast on like just a really good variety of functional medicine is Dr. Stephen Cabral. He covers a ton and does a lot of like questions and they're shorter. So it's a nice, um, his podcast is called the Cabral concept. Um, you can listen to my podcast if you want. It's called Unbound. Um, but you know, really just starting like baby steps and maybe starting to change who, you know, like your Instagram following, like who you're following on Instagram, Mm. like, what are you looking at? Are you looking at, um, you know, like I'm going to pour my way protein shake and have my sugary protein bar, or (laughs) are you looking at like recipes, like get excited about whole foods, like 
how can I make like a paleo dessert tonight? Like what's going to get, what's going to get you excited about this and what can you look yeah. at to get you excited? So don't be so dogmatic about it. Bring in that creative aspect. That's going to get you excited. Like if you like next week, I'm super excited to make, I love making, um, paleo versions of like holiday staples. So yeah. like, I'm going to get excited about like pumpkin pie recipes and sweet potato appetizers and all these things. Like I just saw something on Instagram the other day and I'm like, I texted my mom, like I'm bringing this to Thanksgiving. I'm excited about it. So find what's going to get you excited and then fill your world with those things where you can see and hear it. I love that. The getting excited part. I just made a dessert last night was I just baked apple slices mm-hmm. and I added some, I did organic brown sugar. I think it was one cane, coconut sugar or yeah. with cinnamon. And then I just had like a clean ice cream, like, and that was, Delicious. it was, and everyone yeah. was like, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah, but I was, and I was excited about it. Like, it doesn't have yeah. to be loaded with all of these things that don't make us feel good in the end. So I, I love that. And, and then just to, sh- I do want to add one thing just because I came from the bodybuilding realm industry, you know, yeah. Being mindful who you follow. Um, mm-hmm. and don't, I, I just see so much outlash. Like once people start realizing like what's the ingredients in some of these supplement companies that are yeah. promoting quote unquote health, um, mm-hmm. don't bash just, you know, I, I just seen so much hate and just mm-hmm. be mindful that they may not be educated. I was promoting products at one point in time. Cause I was uneducated on it. Um, we all, we grow and we, you know, we change the world by changing ourselves and educating mm-hmm. people from that embodied place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but just being mindful of like, yeah. Uh, some of these supplement companies are, uh, it, it's money. It's not health. It's, it is yeah. a junk food industry, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of just be mindful of that and kind to everyone. Cause that's something that's I see all the time. So I just had to add that. Um, okay. I love those resources. I'm going to write, go through this. I'm going to write it down in the show notes. So you guys all have it. Um, lastly, what's like, what's the best advice you wish you could give your younger self around Ooh. everything you've experienced? That's so good. <laughs> Such a deep question. Um, hmm. I think that I would tell my younger self, you know, like your what you perceive as weakness is your superpower. Like Ooh. that's, you know, like all the things that I think that we feel mm. we're flawed in is like, that's our superpower. That's what makes you you. And when you can actually learn to like love that part of yourself and operate out of that part, like that's actually what allows you to, to, to do what you do uniquely. So yeah, I, I love that. I really love how you brought your own story, your own struggles and pains and made it into your purpose, which I know is a big part of your mission and message. And that's, that's beautiful. I love that. Oh, well, thank you so much. How can everyone get in touch with you, whether they want to follow you, listen to you, work with you, please give us all of the information. Awesome. Yeah. Um, easiest way to get in touch with me is on Instagram. Probably you can follow me at Soma Sonder, S-O-M-A-S-O-N-D-E-R. I have a Facebook page and a podcast. You can email me, somasander at gmail.com. You can visit my website, somasander.org. This month, so through the end of November, I have a a special going on just to celebrate Mm -hmm. gratefulness. So if you are interested in working with me, um, this month's the the month for you. (laughs) Um, When you purchase an initial... A bundle of testing and then a bundle of calls, then your follow-up testing is included in that. So you have like an over 60% savings on the testing, um, the, the normal price of testing. So uh, yeah, I want to be on your team. I want to talk with you. If you have questions, you're not quite sure yet if this is right for you. I always do a complimentary phone consult so we can book that or you can click the link on my website or in my Instagram bio. We can get you started. I also have a monthly membership. So however you want to be involved, I would love to have you and answer any questions that you have. 
Thank you. I will put all of her, all of those links to everything on the show notes below. Um, and yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough of working with Krista. It really made a big impact on my life. So if you guys are in her life in any realm, follow, keep up with her because she has so much knowledge to share with you and it's really impactful. And thank you just for the work that you do. It's, it's life-changing. Oh, thank you. Likewise, likewise, just <laughs> different, um, different parts and pieces and team players. I love that we can complement each other in that way. And thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm Yay. so grateful. Thank you. Well, your knowledge and expertise just gives our listeners just another way to live the most radiant life. So thank you so much for being on here and thank you everybody who is listening and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with me and write an Apple iTunes review so I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me, you can find me on Instagram at Tatiana underscore Kuto. Make sure to tag me in any posts that you share. I love and appreciate you so much and cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out and radiate your light into the world.